after graduating from law school, having taken, having been admitted to the bar in the state, if you're willing to work and practice law and not be too picky, be, I mean, being picky is good, but not be too picky or feel too entitled to a one type of job or one type of, or one type of practice, one type of area of law. I think that kind of mentality is more beneficial because you'll be able to find a job and start paying off your student loans. And that should be the first order of business, you know, when you graduate. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast. And yes, they are attorneys bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Lawyer Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from Southern California. My co-host Bob Ambrosi is again away on business today. We'll have to give him some grief when he gets back next week. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court and have a book out called How to Get Sued. But we'd like to take this time to thank our sponsors, Clio, a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com, AppRiver, email and web security experts. You can find out more about AppRiver at appriver.com, and PC Law by LexisNexis. For a free trial, you can go to pclaw.com radio. It's about that time of the year again, where not only law students, but just about every other student in the country is brushing off those warm, lazy, hazy summer days and heading back to the hard knocks of school. Uh, And it says here, Craig talks briefly about his individual law school experience. So I guess I'm supposed to tell you that uh, back in the day, which was, I think, about in 1985 and 86 and 87, I went to the University of Iowa Law school experience, Uh, that experience was (laughs) two years worth of uh, going straight through law school and graduating a little bit early and um, then moving out to California and enjoying the sunny, warm weather that we have here. But today we're going to spotlight two students in our very special back-to-school edition of Lawyer to Lawyer. We will talk about them and their concerns, their goals, their jobs, their competition in law school, and their overall take on the law school experience and their future in the law. So today, joining us is Darren Gottlieb. Darren is entering his final year at Western State University College of Law out here in Orange County, California, in Fullerton. He's also a student editor at OC Lawyer Magazine, which is a magazine that shows up in my mailbox once a month. So welcome to the show, Darren. Great. Thanks, Craig. It's good to be here. And also joining us is Han Fang. Han is entering her final year at New England Law Boston, and we're excited to have her as a guest today from the far side of the country. Welcome, Han. Hi, great to be here. So Darren, let's start with you. What was uh, the driving factor for your decision to go to law school? Well, I think that I was pretty sure I wanted to be a lawyer um, when I was really young. I wanted to be a judge, actually, when I was growing up. And then in college, I took a class called History of the Supreme Court, and we had a chance to uh, read some of the notable U.S. Supreme Court opinions and kind of learn about how the cases developed, and that whole process really kind of fostered my interest in learning about how the law evolved and how interpretation plays such an important role in that, and I think that that's when I knew that law school was going to be um, the right choice for me. And Han, how about you? What what made you want to go to law school? 
Well, for me, when I was growing up, um, my family owned a restaurant, and I'm bilingual. I, I speak English and Chinese. And uh, because I pretty much spent a lot of my childhood growing up in the restaurant, I helped a lot of the workers there. And I actually started, I actually went to law school thinking I would do immigration law. And uh, over the years, I've decided to focus in on employment law, but it really stemmed from all those years when I basically served as a translator for a lot of the workers there, and I helped a lot of them apply for citizenship, deal with their landlords, deal with bill companies, things like that. And so it's sort of, to me, I, I was using my bilingual ability, and it, that's what drove me to enter law school. And it sounds almost like you're interested in somewhat of a public service kind of a career. Is that right? Yeah, I am. And Darren, what's your experience out here at, at Western State? Do you find that uh, there are a lot of students who are interested in public service these days, or is it more like I want to get out and earn money? Um, I think that students there are there are a lot of students at my school who are involved in getting into public uh, public service and public interest law. Um, those students, I think, know from day one for the most part that that's what they want to get into, and then there are some students too who are just ready to get out into the into the world to start, you know, making money. Um, but I think that it's getting a lot harder to get into public interest law because I, I think, yeah, but like a lot of people want to do it. So, And Han, are you seeing that it's uh, very competitive out there when it comes to law students trying to get those um, ever-desirable internships and clerkships that that lead you to um, yeah, want to get a job? Yeah, definitely. Especially even in the um, the public interest field, uh, I've done plenty of um, internships at the state level and the federal government level, and every year it's it's highly competitive. And in the interviews are they're always interviewing dozens of people for one you know for either one position or maybe at most three or six positions. So I definitely do see a lot of very talented, very smart students who are all going for the public interest uh, internships and. I'm sure it'll probably just get increasingly more competitive as the years yeah, it go seems, by. It seems like it was that, that when I was in law school, those roughly about the same numbers of people that interviewed. Darren, what are you seeing? Um, I'm seeing the same thing. Uh, there, for example, um, I just started, I just actually got a volunteer position at the Children's Law Center in Los Angeles. And they were telling me that um, they don't take very many students from the Orange County schools because they're in Los Angeles, but they get a lot of applications and they've been getting a lot of applications lately. So um, I think that there's definitely a lot of competition. And like Han said, there's a lot of smart students and a lot of really, um, really good candidates that apply. So it is it's tough. So, and what about the cost of law school these days? Uh, Han, are you uh, I mean, I don't mean to be personal, but if you want to share your individual experience, you can. Otherwise, you can kind of just give us what you what your friends are experiencing in law school. What's it costing right. to go to law school these days? Well, it's uh, I think for the day students, I'm a night student at New England Law, and we are paying roughly thirty five thousand a year for four years, and our day counterparts are paying around forty three thousand for the three years. So, and New England Law is. Um, you know, it's it's expensive, but it's not one of the most expensive schools in the Boston area. So it is a burden on a lot of individuals who are either in law school or going into law school. Personally, that's why I chose to be a night student, so that when I graduate in the four years, I will be coming out with less debt than I would have otherwise. And Darren, what's the cost at Western State? Um, right now, I believe it just went up a little bit, and it's a little bit over thirty um, thirty thousand for the uh, for the year, but 
Um, I mean, I think that, especially around here in Orange County, a lot of the law schools are going up in price. And it's, it's, hard, it's hard, especially for students that are coming right out of um, straight to law school from undergrad who may have some student loans already from that, too. Just to pile on more student loans, it's getting... I mean, especially with the price going up, it's, it's hard. And you guys are not going to want to hear that when I went to law school 25 years ago, it was, I think, about, I think we got really upset when it went over $200 a credit. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't think we'll be seeing anything like that anytime soon. Probably, probably not. We've had, um, we've had John Eastman on from Chapman University, Darren, that, <laughs> that you should know about out here. And, uh, and Han, I don't know if you've heard about the University of uh, California at Irvine, but they've got a program here where they've now started teaching law students practical application, uh, not just theory, but, uh, you know, actually learning how to practice law while you're in law school. Right. I've heard be, about uh, that briefly. Yeah. Brand new trend out here. What has been your experience in law school? Are you having, are you getting any kind of practical experience uh, in law school or is it just simply book learning like it's always been? For me, uh, I think a lot of my learning has been through the internships that I take. Um, during the school year, we have clinic programs, and they're separated out into different fields, administrative law, uh, government, lawyer law. Um, so pretty much I feel like a lot of my experience have been through these internships, and a lot of times what the school can offer the students by you know, making these connections through the law offices, through public service sectors, and then with the students. Um, and then, of course, you always have what you're learning in class to apply to what you're now doing in the field. And Darren, are you getting practical experience or still book learning? Um, I, I think we're, I'm getting a good amount of both. Our school does a really good job of showing us how to apply the law or how we would need to apply the law um, as practicing lawyers. And so the practicality of um, of our courses is, I think, it goes beyond just book, just straight book learning. And through internships and through um, different experiences in law school, I'm getting a lot of the, you know, applicable little key tools that I need, skills that I need, that I'm going to need to practice after after school's over. My oldest son is a lawyer, recently went to law school, went to the same law school I did in University of Iowa. And I pretty much coached him all the way through law school, gave him this inside skinny on how to, you know, how to do case briefs, how to what IRAC was all about. Uh, when to buy Gilberts and how to study and what study groups are all about and how to deal with the professors and what groups to join and what groups not to join and so forth. Have either of you had any kind of um, guidance from a lawyer while you've been in law school? Definitely. A, a good friend of mine uh, and a mentor of mine since I was a little kid actually went to New England Law a few years before I decided to go to the law school. And she was a big help because no one in my family uh, has been, you know, no one in my family is a lawyer. No one in my family has gone on to graduate school. So having somebody who not only is a lawyer but also graduate from the same school was really a big help for me when I was applying and during my first year where I just had a million questions. Right. And Darren, how about you? Um, I, I have a few friends that um, were a few years ahead of me uh, that had gone to law school that gave me some tips. But I, for the most part, Learned kind of how to how to do law school on my own. I think that's what's good about law school is that most people, most students, start on the same on like an even 
playing field. Nobody really knows what's going on. They all have an idea. But then by actually doing it, you kind of learn. And then by talking to other students that are a year or two ahead of you, you, you kind of develop your own, your own process for going through law school. So I didn't have someone actually, like another, like a lawyer telling me, okay, you should do this and then do this and then do this. It was kind of a learn while you're doing it type situation for me. I definitely agree with Darren. No matter how many times people tell you, like, oh, these are good pointers and this is, you know, they'll give you great advice, but really the best way of learning is definitely getting in the classes and meeting with other students and just sort of figuring it out on your own and with everyone else going into school with you. So here we are, three of us sitting around saying, here's how you go through law school. If we have some listeners out there who are thinking about going to law school, what advice would you give them? Darren? I think if I would say for people who are thinking about going to law school, I would definitely advise them to go to a class, at least try, try to maybe sit down on a, on a class and really be sure that this is what they want to do, you know, because it's a huge time commitment. It's a huge time commitment. It's a huge financial commitment. And if you, if it's something you're not sure about, it's something to think about a little bit longer. But if you know that you want to be a lawyer, you like, or you have like a real passion for practicing or for learning about the law and you want to practice it as a career, then you should, anybody should go to law school who feels that way about it. Right. And Han, what, what's been your, what would you tell your friends who were considering going to law school? I agree with everything that Darren says. And I suggest really going to as many one uh, L classes that you can maybe even sit in on a couple of the upper level classes just to see what law school is like. I would tell them to talk to as many current law students that you can, uh, visit different law schools in your area, talk, you know, somehow reach out to law students in schools perhaps that you're thinking of visiting. Uh, myself, I have a lot of friends who have thought about going to law school, and I tell them the same thing: it's a huge time commitment, huge financial commitment. So I always encourage them to come sit in on the classes with me and. Now, in the three years that I've been at New England Law, a lot of my friends have sat in on the first-year classes. They've sat in on my upper-level classes, and I tell them to meet up with other I'll, – I'll connect them to other people at my school, you know, if they're going into certain fields. I've had friends who decided, oh, maybe patent law is something that I'm really interested in, so I'll connect them to a friend of mine at either another law school or at my law school and just be like, well, here, why don't you give them a little informational interview and let them know what it's like to be a law student who's interested in that field. And I think that that's really important to talk to others who are currently a law student or even somebody who's a lawyer and sort of uh, make sure that this is something that you want to do. But if you were coming in, if you were thinking about law school and you've always sort of thought, yes, I want, I, you know, I definitely want to be a lawyer, you know, I, I really have a passion for it, I think maybe talking to a few students and then going to the school itself, I would, I would think that would be okay. But I definitely suggest that students do that. I would add to that that you should also talk to a lawyer and talk to a judge before you go to law school so you can get an idea what is the perspective of people that are actually practicing in the field before you go and understand what the end result needs to be. And, you know, we talked a little bit about public service because students that want to go to public service go to a particular type of university and students that want to work at a big law firm are going to want to go to a different type of university and students that are you know, going to work at a mid-level law firm or practice on their own are, are going to want to think about where they go. And I think that some of those considerations can be shared and learned by talking to some people who are actually in the profession. So if I were to give a piece of advice, I think that's one of the things that I'd say. 
But let's switch and talk for a moment here about technology and marketing and uh, social media. Do you have you have either of you found social media to be of any use to you while you're in law school? I, I have a little bit. Um, I know that it's social media, especially and technology, especially with marketing, is kind of a, a hot topic in Orange County um, with practicing lawyers in law school. I think everyone is just trying to be extremely careful about what how they use their um, their social media outlets, but that's as far as technology and social media are concerned, I think that it's something that's more talked about in the practicing legal community as far as marketing and stuff goes. So you, you make sure, students are making sure that they take down all those uh, drunk frat party pictures? <laughs> I, think, I think so. I think, yeah, for the most part, people are just trying to maybe not take them down, but not add to it. <laughs> and Han, what's your perspective? Uh, I'm seeing pretty much the same thing. A lot of students are being very careful with how they use social media, uh, and they're making sure that their pages are clean, that they're friends with certain individuals, that their LinkedIn is always filled with, you know, pertinent information. I, I have a lot of friends who are using LinkedIn more often than they otherwise would have to make the personal, uh, professional connections versus uh, personal friendship connections. Uh, as for um, technology and, and law firms, I. I've been working mainly in uh, nonprofits and governments. I don't see a big surge in that as much, but it could be different from being in Orange County versus being uh, in some of the nonprofits I've, I've worked in in Boston. Well, and another issue that we could we should spend a little bit of time talking about is, um, which we kind of mentioned a little bit here, but that's mounting debt. Uh, my son came out of Iowa with about a hundred thousand dollars in debt. He came out with both a a master's degree in urban and regional planning along with a law degree. And so he spent four years there, and that's part of the reason that he got that kind of a debt. But how in, how is it possible that you can incur that kind of a debt and even think about being able to pay it back? I mean, I don't know what your debt is, Darren, but how are you going to go about paying it back? I It's... It, it, it is something I think about. It's something a lot of law students think about, and I think it's something that's getting a lot more scary as the economy is changing. Um, you know, it's just... I, I, I think it depends on the student. If the student has... I mean, I have incurred debt in law school, and um, I think it's the mentality that you have. If you are willing to after graduating from law school, having taken, having been admitted to the bar in the state, if you're willing to work and practice law and not be too picky, be, I mean, being picky is good, but not be too picky or feel too entitled to a one type of job or one type of, or one type of practice, one type of area of law. I think that kind of mentality is more beneficial because you'll be able to find a job and start paying off your student loans. And that should be, the first order of business, you know, when you graduate. And I think that when I graduate, I'm, I'm also really optimistic about, or I'm trying to be really optimistic about how it's going to be when I graduate. Um, I'm going to find a job and I'm going to start making as big of dents as possible in my student loan debt that I can from the, from the beginning. And Han, you're, you're staring it down. I mean, you're, you're, less than six months away or nine months away from, from uh, 
graduating and, and somebody tapping you on the shoulder and say, okay, now pay that back if you've right. incurred debt, or at least your classmates are. Right. Um, how does it feel? Well, it's certainly not fun carrying around a load of debt. Yeah. But I think that, you know, I, I agree with what Darren said. If you've come into law school, you have the drive and you have the passion, you make things work. You make your connections work. And if you don't have the right connections, then you go out there and you network harder and you go around and you make sure that your name is out there and your skills are shown and that you just keep pushing through. You stay optimistic and you make sure that what you started when you came into law school remains with you when you graduate and that you don't forget why you started law school and everything that you've picked up along the way just adds to the fire in you and adds to your drive to become the lawyer that you set out to be. Well, as a lawyer um, who has paid back his student debt, I've got a tip for you. But right now, we're going to take a short break. I'll give you that tip when we get back. We'll have much more on law students. Lawyer to Lawyer returns right after this. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the role of security in cloud computing. Jack, what about security? Are there any ethical or security-related concerns that need to be addressed with cloud computing? We're starting to see the first ethics opinions come out on cloud computing, and the early proposed ethics opinions like that from the North Carolina State Bar indicate that there are no ethical issues relating to the use of cloud computing in a law firm, but that as with the use of any third-party provider, an appropriate amount of due diligence needs to be undertaken to verify that the provider you're using has implemented an adequate level of security and privacy precautions and is essentially taking due care with your confidential client data. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. Someone's at the door. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. Perfect. I'll do that right now. Promote yourself online with Legal Talk Network by becoming a featured lawyer. Your featured lawyer profile lets potential clients and referral attorneys get to know you in a five-minute podcast interview with Legal Talk Network plus your photo, your bio, and your firm's contact info. Be part of the most progressive online legal network anywhere. Just call Legal Talk Network at 781-551-9960. That's 781-551-9960. Or by emailing admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Be a Legal Talk Network featured lawyer now. Tired of all the headaches of running your law firm? Want to spend your time doing what really matters? then you need PC Law. PC Law from LexisNexis is the legal industry's best-selling matter, billing, and accounting software. It has never been easier to manage your law firm and serve your clients. Get back to doing what matters to you. For a free trial, go to PCLaw.com radio. That's PCLaw.com radio. Or call us at 800-685-2161 today. Protect your firm's email with App River. Send confidential emails with confidence using AppRiver's CypherPost Pro email encryption service. With CypherPost Pro, you'll control who sees your messages, and a patented delivery slip will show you when they're received and opened. 
There's no hardware or software to manage. You can cancel any time, and you get a 30-day free trial. All backed by App River's phenomenal care. Visit AppRiver.com, that's A-P-P-River.com, or call 866-223-4645. You never have enough friends or followers, right? Check out Legal Talk Network on Facebook and Twitter, LinkedIn too. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial playing in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at legaltalknetwork.com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're talking with law students Darren Gottlieb from Western State University College of Law in Fullerton, California, here where I live, and Han Fang, New England Law, Boston. And let's get back to our conversation. Right before the break, I promised that I would give you my tip on how to pay back your student debt uh, and do it quickly. So the same advice I gave my son, and I think that if you think about where you are right now as a student, and where your parents are after many, many years, you'll probably realize what I'm going to tell you. And that's live after you've graduated from law school. Live like you're still in law school. Um, believe it or not, I survived on $600 a month. That was my student loan uh, money to be able to, to live and eat and provide room and board. Um, and what I did after I graduated was continue to live like that, live like a pauper and save as much money as I can, not spend it and take all of that extra money that I was earning and not spending and pay down student debt because the fastest way to make money is to pay down debt. Uh, and as soon as you pay down debt, you're going to start making money hand over fist. And I, so as law students, when you graduate, don't buy the big car, don't buy the big TV, don't go out and get a lot of clothes. Uh, don't get the big apartment and, you know, manage your money so that you can take up a bunch of that cash that you're going to get for working at a big law firm or a small law firm and, and uh, pay down your debt because it'll, it'll do, you'll get it paid a lot faster and you'll be a lot happier. But let's talk about uh, what comes afterward. Um, you know, that, and maybe what we should do is kind of, let's just stick with the money topic for just a second. Uh, some of the critics are saying that law school is a waste of time and money. Uh, we don't need any more lawyers. We've got enough lawyers already. The country's too litigious. Uh, what, what, Darren, what's your response to those critics? I think if someone has thought about being a lawyer uh, their whole life, you know, it's something that they, 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 wanted to, they wanted to do for a long time, um, and they put in the time to research what it's going to be like, and they know that this is, what, this is the career they want to have, then it, it's it's not a waste of time or money. It's and it's it's necessary. Um, I think that people who say that law school is a waste of time and money probably haven't taken the opportunities that they could have or done everything they could have to make sure that um, that they're getting their money's worth or, or that it wasn't a waste of time. So it depends on how I guess passionate you are about law school because I feel, I feel like being becoming a lawyer is like any other job that you could dream of doing. So it's a little bit different for me, I guess. Yeah. I think the one thing that after you graduate, you'll, you'll be surprised and people come up to you at a party or somewhere where you're 
where you are and they'll say, yeah, you're a lawyer, huh? I could have been a lawyer. And my response to that is always, right, yeah, you go to four years of college and three years of law school, pass the bar exam, and then come talk to me. But uh, it's not as easy as some people think it is, and it's, I, I, I don't think it's really a waste of time and money because I think lawyers have done a lot of good for the country. But Han, what's your perspective? I think that if you've been working, if you're going to law school and you're working towards a career that you're going to love and that you're already, you know, doing the types of things such as internships uh, that are is pushing you towards the direction that you want to work in as a lawyer when you graduate, I think that's it's not a waste of time and money because you're doing what you love and you're working towards being a lawyer. And, and if that's something that you've been thinking about either since you were a kid or since you were in college and you've put in the time and effort and careful thought into putting all this time and money into the career, it's not going to be a waste of your time and money. And for those people who think it is a waste of their time and money, I would say that maybe they didn't always look for the opportunities that were in front of them because a lot of times those opportunities are not going to land at your doorstep. You're going to go out and chase after them. So if you're doing something that you really want to do, if you really want to be a lawyer, I don't think it's ever going to be a waste of your time or your money. I would agree with you. I think you're both exactly right. Well, for your classmates and your friends, as they are um, the class that just graduated this past year or they were a year ahead of you, uh, where did they end up? Darren, did you find most people were going to big law firms, small law firms, solos? Were they going into private practice, public service? What, what, did you, what happened to your friends that graduated last year? Or maybe we should just say earlier this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of them are still looking, um, still trying to explore opportunities. I know some people have um, joined kind of medium-sized law firms. I know a couple of people have gotten positions at the district attorney's office in other counties, which was um, a really big deal, and it was good for them because it was hard to get because the DA's office wasn't really hiring in all the little all the local. Um, locally. So I think, but I think for the most part, it's all medium sized law firms and some solo, solo practice. Right. And Han, what about your friends and your classmates that graduated earlier this summer? Are they finding uh, jobs? Are they still looking? And what kind of jobs, if the ones that found them, what'd they find? I think it's sort of a similar to, similar situation to what Darren's seen. I've had friends go on to big law firms. I've seen many of them go on to nonprofits in the government sector. I had a friend who actually moved overseas uh, to find work. I, I had some friends who are still looking for jobs, so it's been it's been sort of a big mix. Okay. Well, we've just got about two minutes left or so in the program, and it's time for us to wrap up and get your final thoughts along with your contact information. So, Han, I'm going to throw it right back to you and uh, ask you to kind of wrap up about uh, what you're expecting with law school this year, what, what your job prospects are like, and kind of where you see things uh, headed. Right. What I expect this year, it's my last year, so I'm definitely excited. Uh, I've been in law school for three years now. It's going to be my fourth year. I'm expecting a lot of work in job hunting. I've started to look for places uh, after I graduate in May, and so I'm going to be putting a lot of time and energy into that. But before that, there's going to be a lot of time and energy in studying for the bar exam. So that's sort of where my year is planning. I'm getting through this last year and then looking, uh, looking to prepare for the bar and then looking for jobs along the way. As for afterwards, um, I'm hoping to use a lot of my connections that I've made over the years uh, to try to find a position uh, within the Massachusetts area. 
And uh, did you have well, and since question? you've got about 80,000 connections here on um, <laughs> Lawyer to Lawyer for our listeners who listen to our, our podcast, why don't you give them oh. your contact information and maybe you'll potentially get contacted by somebody who's looking to hire a lawyer. All right. That would be amazing. <laughs> My email <laughs> is han, H-A-N, dot L, dot Fang, S-A-N-G, at N-E-S-L dot E-D-U. That's my school email that I check. Great. And Darren, what's what's your sense of wrapping things up here? What, what Where do you think you're headed this year? You're in the in your the end of your first year, right? No, no. I'll or be no, you're, done after also, this year. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. This also, I'll be going into my last year of law school. And um, I think, I mean, it sounds like I'm in the exact same position as Han. I'm just focused on getting through this year, trying to get ready um, for the bar exam. I know it's going to be, I have friends that are, you know, they've been taking it and I've been seeing them and they look pretty miserable. So I, I look, <laughs> I look forward to that. And um, I'm going to be doing my best, you know, during, throughout the year to network and keep, uh, keep on keeping in touch with the people that I've met and try to build new bridges. And hopefully that'll pay off after, uh, after I recover from the bar exam and hopefully pass. And, and your contact information, in case anybody out here in Orange County wants to give you a dial-up and, and say, hey, maybe come and interview with us. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, my email address is Darren, D-A-R-E-N dot Gottlieb, G-O-T-T-L-I-E-V at gmail.com. Great. Well, thank you both for being on the show today. Um, I'm going to wrap up with my final thoughts about this, and I think that you know, law school is a wonderful experience, and it is that contrast that Darren gave us, which is that you know you're you're miserable going through it, but you enjoy it, and it's kind of an odd sense of uh, you know working hard. I think the one thing that I got out of law school more than anything else was that it just changed my way of thinking. Uh, it allowed me to consider a lot more options, probably be a lot more cynical than I had ever been in my life. Uh, but consider ideas that I really would have not thought about before. And I think the, the whole Socratic method and the manner of teaching from the, I think one of the things you'll both experience about a year or so after you graduate, you'll look back at law school and say, wow, you know, three or four years before I started this process, I really wasn't seeing things the way that I see them now. But now that I've gone through this education, um, my mindset is a lot different and my brain works very differently and my mind is expanded. So I, I think that you learn a lot, you learn how to think and you learn how to be critical in terms of your thinking. So law school is a great experience for that. I wish you both the best of luck on the bar exam. And I'll, my one piece of advice about that is if they tell you to study eight hours a day, study eight hours a day because they've got it down and they know what they're doing and, and you'll be successful following the bar review advice that uh, that they hand out. And, and both both of you, best of luck, and I hope you both land uh, the job of your dreams in the place where you want to live. And uh, you're both highly successful as lawyers. And, and uh, we'll have to check back with you uh, years from now and maybe have you back on the program at, the, at your five-year anniversary and, and say, uh, okay, now that you've out, been out for five years, what's it been like? So thank you both yeah, very much good. for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Craig. Thank you. And what we want to do at this point is remind our listeners that we can they can now get CLE credits through West Legal Ed Center for listening to Select Legal Talk Network podcasts. Go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on West Legal Ed Center. You can also find all Legal Talk Network shows on iTunes. 
And don't forget our Android app and potentially, hopefully sometime next year, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have an Apple application out for you. We'll be back again next week with another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. We'll see you then. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Gee Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.